This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Hey there, everyone, and thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We are broadcasting live on location from the city of ATL right now. I know you can't tell by this like dismal room I'm in, but this is where we have the best signal. But we're here in Hotlantis, and, and I'll be here all week. So if you see me around, make sure you say hello. Uh, and we'll be back in Los Angeles next week. So Make sure that you guys join us next week as well. I'll tell you about that at the end of the show. And know that our hashtag for the show is Backtalk, hashtag Backtalk. And you can go to our Facebook page at Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers right now. So do that and let people know that you are joining us. You can comment on Facebook and I will post the best comments live on air. All right. So I have to tell you today, our guest is journalist, Lindsay Davis. She is an ABC news correspondent who wrote several children's books, but this particular one we're going to talk about is called One Big Heart, and she will read it live on air later on. So stay tuned for that and get the kitties because they're going to want to hear this. So hi, Lindsay. How are you? Janice, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, I appreciate you coming. I heard some great things about you and the things coming in the future. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your story? Because you're more than just a professional. You are a working mother, too. I am. That's the big job. I have a a little boy named Aiden. He's five and a half. Uh, He adds that half. That's very important. Um, And uh, a wife and a journalist and now uh, a two-time best-selling author. I have to give a plug there for uh, all the success. And I'm just so grateful that people have really embraced both books, Um, The World is Awake and Now, uh, One Big Heart. I've worked at ABC News for 12 years now. I've been a journalist for 20 years. Well, we need books like that because it's just the innocence in the world. And you can feel that innocence when you read the book. So I I highly encourage people to get it because even the illustrations are just so adorable. I want to just show that the audience that, you know, we have this book. I have to do it like this. But this is the first book that you wrote. Can you tell us a little bit about this one? Sure. That is The World is Awake, A Celebration of Everyday Blessings. And I know for me, growing up in the church and having a relationship with God was very important. My parents made sure that that was instilled in me. And that, to me, was the greatest gift that I could pass along to my son. So essentially, you know, I'd always be reading books to him, my husband and I, at night. And I, after a while, reading the books, I decided, you know, I could do this. And I felt like I wanted something that would embrace the things that excited my son as a toddler, you know, butterflies and and sunsets and rabbits or whatever, rainbows, whatever that might be. Um, The things that I thought quite often as adults that we tended to forget about and not appreciate anymore. But when you're looking uh, with new eyes, with the eyes of a child, when they're seeing things for the first time and that excitement, embracing all of God's. Uh, architectures and designs. I just wanted to really focus on, look, God created that. He created the majesty uh, that we see in the sky and he created you. And so I really just wanted to to make sure that that message was instilled in my son. And I hope that other parents would, would want to share that same message with their children. Um, and then One Big Heart um, is kind of timely. It's a celebration of being more alike than different. 
And I feel like, you know, just with all the division and everything that we have right now in our country, I just felt like this was the message uh, that I want for my son. And again, that I hope other parents will want to share with their kids. Well, just not to give too much away, but I love the fact that you are celebrating how we're alike by having one big heart, you know, and but yet the differences are celebrated, too. And I think that's important. I think that we have to show children the truth, right? Which is we are different and we have different skin colors and different features and different hair and different personalities and different beliefs and different likes and dislikes, right? But then I think that quite often a lot of people stop there, especially as adults. I think that then it's important to say, but hey, look, this is how we're alike. And God gave us all this one special gift, which is the most important part. He gave us hearts. And the reason that that's the most important is because that's where the love starts. And that's how you can start embracing each other. And what I have found is that the children already know this. Quite often, it's really the adults that have then started focusing on what makes us different and uh, this us versus them mentality. Um, People will often say that, you know, oh, kids don't see color. I totally disagree with that premise. I think that kids do see color. They just don't assign a value to it. And so, you know, when my son goes off, he just started kindergarten and this was his first week of school. And when he comes home talking about a new friend that he's made, he never once will tell me what their race is or what their religion is or what their beliefs are, right? He just... (laughs) immediately about what they have in common, the things that they like to play uh, together at recess or the lunch or whatever it is. That is the immediate thing that kids quite often talk about, what unites them. So I think that this is kind of a double message for the adults who are reading perhaps to the children, just a friendly reminder, right? That, you know, kids actually uh, become uh, the teacher in this way. It's like the student becomes the teacher. We could learn a lot from from children. And so I think that children already have this kind of inherently in them. And so this, if nothing else, is really just to instill and be a constant reminder, especially when they're seeing, um, you know, in the world around them, messages that uh, bombard and, and combat this basic uh, premise. Right, right. How did your son like the book? <laughs> well, he's, you know, now he, it's so, it's so cute because, and, and I think this is like a really important message too, that he's started writing and illustrating his own books. And so I think that it, it's like the kids, when they see, you know, what's possible, then they start doing it. And so I've really been encouraged um, about that. And so he'll just ask me like, well, where am I in the book? That's always what's most important to him, you know, as far as like the illustrated children, like, which one am I, mommy? But, but he gets into it. He thinks it's fun. I think he thinks that everybody's parent writes books too. So it's nothing, you know, too special there, but he tells me at least that, that he likes it. I don't know if he's just, you know, trying to give mom like a little <laughs> excitement there, but he says he likes it. He gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm sure it will soon be his favorite book. <laughs> The children are so adorable. But let me ask you, because you talked about the illustrations, and the illustrations are just so beautiful. Let me put this back up on the screen for one minute. Um, They're done so delicately, but just gorgeous, and it just makes you want to turn to the next page. Um, So just let us know how the process worked a little bit. We're working with your illustrator. You also worked with your mother. And I just love that because I love when family's involved. So please tell us how she also contributed to it as well. Sure. Yeah. I'll talk about the illustrator first. Lucy Fleming um, illustrated the first book and I thought did such a great job. You know, um, when I was talking to the publisher about what I was looking for initially, I just said, I'd like a whimsical scene, something, but at the same time that children could relate to and would seem realistic at the same time. So I thought that she did just such a great job 
on that. And then we decided, let's do another one together. And so then she uh, illustrated One Big Heart. And I think that she really captures the, the innocence and essence of, of children somehow with, uh, with her, her art and her design. Um, and my mom is a retired English teacher. Uh, she was the first person that basically uh, was responsible, I would say, for my, my love affair with language and writing and storytelling. Um, and so it only seemed like right because she's always been my editor anyway. I always, before I send something out of any kind of importance, you know, I'll send it to my mom to say, you know, how does this flow? Is the grammar okay? And so it just felt like the natural next step uh, to do this book with her. And it was a fun uh, collaboration working with my mom. Well, it's a family affair, and that's what we're all about. And uh, it's nice to have a mom as an English teacher so she can go over all of your work for you before you send it out. I, mean, I would love to have that. But, you know, but, you know uh, having an editor is, is really important, even when you have children's books, I found, because I just published two books so far, and I'm working on my third one. So okay. I do know about that. And, uh, you know, I, even though I run it by family, I still have to run it by my, my editor. Right. <laughs> but, Tell us where you can we can find your books, One Big Heart. Where is it available? Or anywhere books are sold. So okay. Amazon, if your local bookstore doesn't have it, you can have them order a, a copy. But for the most part, you can find them on Christian retailers, pretty much anywhere books are sold. Okay. Well, it's about that time. We wanted to give you time to read the story live on air. So if you're listening, if you're listening to the replay, this is the time to grab your children so they can listen. And if you like it, and I'm sure you will, because it's just adorable, go to Amazon and place your order. But are you ready, Lindsay, with your book? We're going to go. Yes. Whenever you're ready. All right. So let me take this. Let me see. I'll make sure that it is front and center here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is One Big Heart, A Celebration of Being More Alike Than Different. In one itty-bitty corner of our great big world is our teeny tiny classroom filled with happy boys and girls. Each one of us is different, because what fun would that be if I look like my classmates and they all look like me? Our faces make a rainbow, lots of colors all around, shades of tan and melon skin and even chocolate brown. Some are missing two front teeth while others smile with dimples. God made each of us unique. It really is that simple. Some have wavy hair on top while others wear their straight. Some sport afros, twists, or braids. I think my puff looks great. Juan is short and Reed is tall. We're every shape and size. Some have freckles on their nose and some have bright blue eyes. God gave us different bodies that can do amazing things. With one arm, Elle does cartwheels, and my friend Amanda sings. Sam loves telling stories and wants to learn to read. Noah wears a bright red cape and runs with super speed. Mila plays a princess with a long pink ruffly dress. Asher likes to jump and splash and often makes a mess. The bell rings and we head outside for recess in the sun. Our giggles and our laughter show we all like having fun. I see those smiling faces and understand today we're more alike than different in many special ways. We each have rhythm deep inside that makes us want to move. We love to run and jump around and find our playground groove. Back inside for music, we bop to every beat. 
We wiggle and dance sideways. We clap and stomp our feet. And afterward, it's lunchtime, our favorite time of day. No matter what we choose to eat, our taste buds shout, hooray! Each of us is curious. We can't wait to explore. We ask a lot of questions, and then we ask some more. We all like to imagine and let our minds run free to draw or write or dream about what we'll grow up to be. We all have great big feelings that don't always stay inside. We've sometimes gotten angry. Sometimes we've sat and cried. Then a friend will cheer us up and fill our lives with joy. We all need friends who give us hugs or share our favorite toy. But the way we're most alike, the most important part, God gave us all a special gift. We each have one big heart. We've got a lot of elbows, we've got a lot of hands, we've got eyes to help us see and feet so we can stand. But the thing that matters most is something we can't see. The touch of God that's inside you and also inside me. That's the place where kindness grows and where love gets its start. Deep down in our pumping, thumping, one big heart. And that's the end. That was absolutely beautiful. And One Big Heart is full of innocence. It celebrates all of us. And that's what made that, makes that book very special. Now, I'm going to ask you if you can give our parents or their children a few words of wisdom regarding celebrating physical differences as well as cultural differences that you mentioned in your book. Because I think that's just amazing to say, hey, you may be different, but it's great. And we all love it. And it's something we can um celebrate together and talk about together. I think that the most important thing, advice that I would give, and I know is, is certainly important in, in our family for, for raising our son, is exposing our children um, to diversity, to children who look different, to children, you know, we have L in the book who only has one arm, you know, and that I think it's important that, that children um, see people who are not like them, you know, and, and a lot of times, People have said to me, oh, you know, my, my daughter, or my son, they're so excited because they see somebody in the book who looks just like them. And I think just as important as that is them seeing children who don't look like them. Um, and quite often people will say when we have, you know, books which are still uh, too far and, and few between, but books that have black and brown characters, people will think. Uh, that that those books are just for black and brown children, and that's not true. I mean, I've I heard a long time ago and, and read in an essay as well about uh, windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors, and the idea is that children need a mirror in their children's books so they can see a reflection of themselves. Uh, they need a window so that they're able to peer into a world that may otherwise be unfamiliar to them, and if that window is really successful then it works as a sliding glass door to transport them into that different world. And so if you happen to live in an area that's not diverse with only children who look exactly like your children, I think that it's important, uh, first of all, to try and expose them in the real world, but secondarily with toys, with dolls, and with books. I think that's perfect for parents to understand that as well. And I love that you said that books with brown and black children aren't just for brown and black children. Uh, that's so important. I've been promoting that message as well. Now, just a quick question about your experience as an author, because we have a lot of parents who follow us who want to do what you've done and, and put out a children's book. But I want to know 
like what's been your best experience so far with being a children's author? Because that's um, totally different from being a news correspondent. So, but what's what's been one of your favorite experiences? Well, I think what's interesting is that um, people will often say it's so different kind of from my day job, but I, I guess I've always looked at myself as a storyteller. And oh. so, but it's really, so that's the same, that aspect mm-hmm. of it. What's really different is the content, right? And so quite often I'm talking about mayhem and murder and, and death and despair. And so this was a way to really kind of shift that writing and talk about things that are uplifting and joyful. And um, what I think that the best aspect of all of this has been is really being able to focus on my son in a way that I think I, I may not have otherwise connected. So I'm really trying to savor and like hold on to a lot of childhood and looking through his eyes and really, you know, initially I was kind of journaling about, you know, the different things that he was doing. And now I've been channeling that and then writing books. So it's really been a way for me to kind of have this, this love note to my son um, and also kind of life lessons for my son. I feel like it, there's this really personal connection that I have that, that has enhanced my awareness of, you know, his thoughts and his action and his behavior and the th- little things that he says and, and does. And um, so I would say that that's been the best in all of this is just like connecting with my son on a, on a deeper level. Now, do you have any plans for more books in the future? I do. I have two more books that I'm working on now. Um, uh, I'll give kind of a little idea. One is, uh, they're both, they're, all of my books, all four have been inspired by my son. He's, he's tapping me on my shoulder. Do you want to say hello to Aiden? Oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> so this is Aiden. Um, and so the, the next two books, one is, is about, you know, the idea of staying this way forever. The, the, inherent qualities that children have that often they lose that innocence and that joy. You know, right now my son will just dance when, you know, music's on that quite often, I think as they become a little older, we get shy, we get reserved and we start worrying about what people think. And just that, that purity and that innocence, I think that there are certain things that excitement for life, you know, I guess I would equate it to skipping that, you know, the joy of skipping that when we're children, we often do. And at some point there's a day in life that we stop skipping and, and, and it's quite, when was the last time you saw an adult skip? But I, I think it's like, it's holding on and preserving those certain qualities. You know, of course there are aspects that as you grow older and become adults that you will lose, and it's beneficial for you to not act like a child in certain ways. But I think there are certain things that, that we should hold on to. So that's what one book is about. And the other book is about um, a child trying to figure out uh, heaven and, and how high is heaven. And so my son, um, he came home one day and he was asking why one of his friends has two sets of grandparents um, and that he only has one because unfortunately my parents, uh, my, my husband's parents have already passed away. And so he would ask where, where are his other grandparents? And so we talked about the idea that they're in heaven and uh, we got on a plane once and he was looking in the clouds and he was saying he was looking for, for grandma P. And so um, this is going to be kind of a fun way of, you know, children who are trying to use a pogo stick or Legos or build a staircase or whatever to, to, to find their grandparents in heaven. So I think that that'll be uh, another fun one, but, but those are down the road, but we're working on those now. Well, you have a special talent for bringing out that innocence in, in uh, children so that it makes adults aware 
And I love that. I love every title you've talked about so far. But before we go, a little birdie told me that you will be moderating the Democratic debates in a few weeks. Or can you tell us about that so we can all watch? Well, coming up on Thursday, the 12th, uh, we'll be in Houston at Texas Southern University. Uh, very excited. It's going to be three hours of coverage. And this is the first time uh, in this election cycle that we're going to have all the candidates on the stage on one night. Normally, we've had to divide them because there have been so many candidates and it's been over mm -hmm. two nights. So this is really unique because you're going to have uh, the two front runners on stage side by side, uh, Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Elizabeth Warren right next to each other. And um, so I think it'll be interesting to to be able to hear uh, from all those 10 candidates and uh, really try to determine the daylight between, you know, well, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll kind of put Democrats all in one uh, basket together and, and, you know, kind of painted as far as having the same views on, you know, gun control or abortion or you know, education, healthcare, um, and so we're really going to try and figure out well what's the differentiating factors between each of these ten candidates, so that people can really get more to the heart of the issues and what matters most to them. All right, you guys, make sure you tune in. This is going to be a great debate. I just want to say thank you all for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. If you missed part of the show, no worries. You can just wait a few minutes and click play for the replay of this podcast. You can share it with anyone who needs to hear it. And let's just get the word out about the show. Our next episode will be on Friday, September 13th, Friday, September 13th, Friday the 13th. Here we go. At 6 p.m. <laughs> I'm a little superstitious. Uh, it's 6 p.m. Pacific stay, uh, Daylight Time and 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And I will be interviewing Dr. Carl, Carl James. He's developing guidelines to help Black parents navigate the school systems for Black uh, student success. And he did this as a step-by-step -step guide for each grade level. So make sure you tune in and you can ask questions in the chat on Facebook. If your question gets picked, I will put it up on the screen live. And one more thing, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Black Parenting One. And we are on Instagram at Black Parenting Magazine. So those are different and you know our website, we need you guys to go there because it's full of good content to help you thrive and not just survive. It's successful, blackparenting.com. And be sure to rate our podcast. Until next time, we'll talk soon. Kwahari means goodbye in Swahili. So I will see you guys next time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. You can help us to level up by supporting this podcast. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm and search for Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting and then hit the button that actually says support this podcast. I want you to go there now. Go, 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 go. And thank you ahead of time. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.